0: Welcome to Dealmaker Diaries, where you hear directly from the dealmakers who you invest with, M&A, real estate syndication, and more. Strap in for unparalleled advice, wisdom, and insight from some of the world's best business minds with Don Thomas and G1C Group. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dealmaker Diaries. So today we have with us a very special guest, Mr. Tim Redman of Redmond Growth Consulting. So for over 35 years, Tim has been growing highly successful businesses, including his work at PricewaterhouseCoopers, along with growing a software company from two to 400 employees, then selling it to Intuit Inc. and helping thousands of business owners gain time and financial freedom. Tim is also an author and speaker throughout the world Whose leadership maxims have been featured in John John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership? Tim also runs a nonprofit, Redmond Leadership Institute, that trains pastors, business leaders, and government officials in developing countries. Tim works with all kinds of business owners with a variety of beliefs. For those who request it, he provides a biblical framework around every growth principle he implements. Tim is madly in love with his hot wife, Sandy, and his four above-average children. He is a wicked harmonica player and also loves reading, playing tennis, and chasing his wife around beautiful resorts. So let's give Tim a warm welcome to the show. Let's go! So Tim, welcome to the show. How's it going today? Going really well,
1: Donald. It's so cool to be talking to you where you are and me where I'm at, and uh, technology is amazing. But I'm uh, just have
0: loved our interaction so far here just uh, before the show began. Yeah, likewise, likewise. I'm so excited to have you on and um, share some of your insight and experience with the listeners. I think it'll prove very valuable. Yeah. So Tim, real quickly, why don't you just um, give us a quick snapshot and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days? Okay, well,
1: um, I uh, I like to tell people, hey, I uh, I grew up. I'm one of eleven kids, so I learned uh, management and execution and teamwork way back when I was a kid, but. Uh, you know i graduated from college with a accounting went to be a cpa at price waterhouse coopers consulted businesses there started with a software company the founder myself we grew it up to about 400 employees we about 40 million dollars a year in sales it was very very profitable we sold it to intuit for about 62 and a half million dollars And then I came on board with Intuit to help transition all of our clients over. After that, after we sold the business, I got done with Intuit, I actually traveled around the world, Uh, went to Tokyo one time, uh, uh, just really sharing these lessons I learned on leadership and growth. I did a lot of pastors' conferences and business conferences and speaking to government leaders and really training them on growth and effectiveness and leadership principles. And then uh, really the coaching kind of like, I kept having people when I do these seminars, people would ask me, hey, are you a coach or do you have coaching? Can you help me with my business? And I go, well, what's your question? So I'd help them for an hour or two and not realizing that people were getting paid for coaching. And so- uh, yeah. Uh, it kind of bit me in the rear i kind of turned around and reorganized our we were running like a non-profit ministry and then i had it where my full focus was coaching and uh, so we've grown that up i still do the speaking from time to time but now we've got a team of eight of us and uh, we coach we work with about 150 uh, customers on a weekly basis and we're getting huge results as we go it's uh it gets me up early in the morning. I'm just, I just I love what I do, and
0: I I love the results I'm able to help people get. So, okay, excellent. So Tim, so let's talk about that um, your first company. So you you grew that from scratch to a multi million dollar company. You had a eight figure exit. So, I mean, I think that's probably the goal of probably the majority of entrepreneurs, I would say. So, yeah. let's dig into that a little bit. I mean what 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 went into that uh how much hard i mean I'm sure it was very hard work but um what are some of the key lessons you you took away from starting that company from scratch and exiting yeah. with a fortune five hundred company well,
1: there's there's a couple of them I hadn't really thought about that, but it's a really good question here um, we uh we developed a winning <clears throat> leadership culture, and so when people came in they they went through a mandatory course that I actually taught, which was on leadership and learning to lead yourself and going inward before you go outward and, uh, conflict management and all these things. And so we really had phenomenal employees there that were ready to deploy whatever needed to be, be deployed. They were problem solvers. They weren't just problem, you know, announcers and, um, uh, and then we we really got focused on our marketing, where we we really targeted who was our customer, and we found creative ways of communicating with them. And we just we literally would generate forty and fifty thousand leads, or uh, we call them demos. We'd send out our package uh, to CPAs and uh, tax practitioners all over the nation. Again, forty, fifty thousand. So it just it, it grew slowly but surely, and just us being real, really focused on understanding our financials. We maintain about a twenty-three to twenty-five percent uh, net profit before taxes, and uh, so those those are some of the some of the things that were really key in, in in our success.
0: And that that training you mentioned for your employees was that all employees or just the management team? Uh, it was everybody that came in. Uh, I
1: I initially was running the sales, the support and the testing divisions, which is about 60% of the company. And it was so effective in, in what we were training that, and a lot of that goes into our coaching now, but uh, uh, the other departments that were not directly under me did send all their people in to be trained on it. And uh, so it really became a company wide thing. I just, I just intended it to be just, you know, for the 60% of the company that I oversaw, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty
0: widespread. Okay. And and after that exit and um, you finished up, I know you stayed, stayed a while and helped the transition, but after you finished that up, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do or did you take some time to reflect?
1: I knew I wanted to do (laughs) ministry work. And so What I do is I don't shove it down anybody's throat, uh, Donald, but I will use the Bible and my faith and uh, every one of my growth principles I teach. I can teach from uh, from the Bible. And so I'd go into churches and help pastors develop their leaders. I'd help uh, pastors develop their business leaders to prosper in their business so they can fulfill their purpose and their communities, and uh, we just had phenomenal results with that. I trained with a guy by the name of John Maxwell, who's known as a leadership expert, and uh, I trained 600 pastors in Bogota, Colombia for for uh, <coughs> three years. You know, and just wow. uh, got access to a lot of government leaders in there. A lot of these pastors introduced me to speak to their top presidential candidates and um, and their top. Uh, leaders in their Congress, and so it was, had a lot of experience talking to different types of groups. It was usually from a faith perspective. Uh, At that, that the same time, I didn't shove it down anybody's throat. So,
0: made yeah, it that, very that, interesting. That must, yeah, that must have been interesting living in Bogota for two years. I mean, we probably could do a whole other podcast on that alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, just beautiful
1: people, and uh, it's a crazy country. A lot of, uh, a lot of. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. there was probably more U.S. dollars in Colombia at one point than in the U.S. with uh, Pablo Escobar and some of those uh, yeah. drug dealings here. But I never, I never dealt with, never, never was invited to speak to those groups, and. Uh, <laughs>
0: I, I imagine I probably would have declined, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows? You could have made some huge conversions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Tim, what do you what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes um, business owners make that stops their growth and reduces their profits?
1: Well, uh, there's there's uh, there's a number of them. Uh, um What we do when we first look at a business is we'll do what we call a growth plan, and we'll look at the key areas in the business, their marketing, their sales process, the delivery, their cash management, and, um, and just looking at those four, you know, some of the biggest mistakes that people make in the marketing is they don't get really clear how they're unique. Well, I'm just a plumber or, I, you know, there's a thousand other people that do what I do. How, how can I stand out with it? And there's this thing that, that, that Seth Gooden mentioned, and he wrote a book about 20 years ago called The Purple Cow. And We talked about if you're not remarkable or you really don't find out what those competitive advantages are in your business, if you're not remarkable, you're invisible. And so we help companies become very visible by by getting clear with who they are and what is their competitive advantage. And then we couple that up with a no-brainer offer to really make it easy for people to have that first interaction with them. Uh, In sales... There's a there's a lot of laziness and follow up and follow through. Um, you know, we we set up tracking where you track the leads and you're you're, you know, especially if you're going to do a, uh, a bid or a quote. We've had some people do fifty thousand dollar quotes for remodel jobs or a couple hundred thousand dollars for building a house or building this thing or that. And they they talk to the people, but then they, when they get the bid, they email it into the person instead of having a personal presentation to close the sale. And we've helped people uh, just dramatically increase in their closing. So there's just a lack of follow up, follow through is a big mistake. Um, just even tracking their uh, tracking their revenue expense. We had one guy. And uh, we really turned him around. Um, He just, I think this last month, he generated a couple hundred thousand dollars in profit, but he he was generating about $150,000 or so a month in gross revenue. And he didn't realize that he was actually doing that at a loss. So we had to look at his pricing and and his whole estimating process to get that knocked into shape here. I mean, you've got to know your numbers to know what you're doing is profitable. It's really good in your business to identify, well, what is it, Donald, that is the most profitable thing for you to do? Maybe you can do more of that. And sometimes we get busy with these low profit or no profit activities that keeps us busy, but we're not really winning in terms of causing the business to work for us. And so uh, I believe that the primary purpose, Donald, for a business isn't necessarily to serve the customers. That people may disagree with me there, but I believe the number one purpose of your business is to serve the business owner. Now, if he doesn't serve his customers well, the business won't serve him. Hmm. But what we want to do is we want to redesign the business to serve the customer or to serve the business owner in a way that, that, that he wants to be served. Some people don't like being in their business. So one guy, um, you know, we, I started with him. He was about a $5 million company. He was making good profit, about 16%, making $800,000. And he even came up to me and says, hey, I don't think I, I want you to be my coach, but I don't want to grow. Why don't you want to grow? Well, I don't want to work any more hours. Well, let's build your business and work less hours. And so we got him down to where uh, we got his net profit up to 24%. Um, we we almost doubled his revenues to about nine million. Took a couple of years, and uh, but his net profit was he he uh, generated two point two million dollars in profit, and he only had to work five hours a week. You know, he felt guilty. So he's in the office for about 20 hours a week. He told me this. He said, I feel guilty. So I'm here for about 20 hours, but I only have to work five hours a week. So that's getting the business to work for the owner. And instead of the owner working for the business, does that make sense? Are those common
0: mistakes you've seen too? Absolutely. And and how does that happen on being able to not work in the business? Um, Is that putting systems in place and developing a great team that, pushes the business forward. You
1: mentioned the two things that were so key right there, Donald, obviously you've done this before Uh, building a great team and getting systems that that team is accountable to implement. And then the real key where a lot of business owners miss it is they don't have a feedback do loop. Here's what I mean by that. They have uh, a system, they have key employees And they've gotta take time to exact what is the expectation for these employees? What are they to produce? And how do you measure that? We call that a KPI or key performance indicator. So we make sure that there's really clear on their KPIs. And then we have a weekly meeting. Now I have a weekly meeting where I touch in these various meetings, I touch every aspect of the business. So we have sales meeting. We've got uh, coaches meeting because we do coaching. I got a meeting 30 minutes every week with my accountant to find out what's going on with the books. Um, I've got, uh, you know, I've got all these meetings. I got a meeting with my COO, which happens to be my son, Robert. Meet with him. Uh, two long meetings a week. where we really hammer out the implementation of what we want to do. And so what, what we're doing here is we're meeting with the key leaders in the business and we want them to give us account of what's going on in their area of the business. And there is where we do the coaching for them but we have to touch base on a regular weekly meeting where we're, how are we doing? Is there anything that I'm standing in the way? Is there anything that's been rat holed? Are you waiting for feedback from me? Is there anything I can do to help you out? Who's slowing you down in this process? How can we do this? And and we measure their progress is there's only one of two results. Either you're in the green, which means you're on track or ahead of schedule or you're in the red, that means you're behind and we want to make sure to develop leadership here we have our key people tell us well here's i'm in the red on this but here's what i'm going to do to get in the green and that's where you really get them where they take more ownership and you can coach them to get into the green with their results a lot quicker
0: okay that absolutely. Sense? <clears throat> absolutely all right and sales for a minute so um you're a small business owner very small and you um your sales team are they should they be salaried commission only or a mixture of the two what what should business owners be doing well, I, I believe and here's where
1: I've got uh, all of my employees on the primary uh, money they make is performance based okay so like on insurance here um, you know, I, I have some very interesting KPIs that I work with insurance companies. OK, so one is the number of calls they have as a KPI that they measure. and we, we measure together. And it's also the number of meaningful conversations. And we also have another KPI that's very interesting. You may laugh when you hear this or you may say, yes, I use this, too. But this KPI is how many knows that they generate a day.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So,
1: the first hundred clients we had in our business we got from cold calling. Okay, which is mm-hmm. hard work. Yeah, and we built a thriving coaching business based on a ninety nine point seven five percent rejection rate. Wow. So yeah, that's a lot of calls, then, right? It's <laughs> a lot of calls. <clears throat> We'd make about five thousand calls a week. And uh, and one out of 400 would end up in a sale. And we were able to do that in a way that was caused us to be profitable and continue to grow. And then now we, uh, we don't do that as much. We're using more social media and, and active advertising online and offline as well. we doing this podcast is, or some ways of, of doing it. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's an interesting uh, business. How do you motivate these people to get after it? Well, you know, if they're going to feed their family based on the performance, what they do, that's usually a good motivation. A lot of organizations, they, they're they wondering why their people are lethargic, but they pay them these fat hourly wages and they have no incentives for them to get their job done quicker.
0: You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly my sense. of I mean, if they know they have a salary coming, yeah, what's motivating them If they know they're gonna eat, yeah. they're gonna eat, they're gonna eat regardless. So yeah, why why should I make a thousand calls a day?
1: So you you know, you wanna be able to get people that want to grow. And you know, you give them a task and you say, Can you own this? And to the degree that they can own it, it's not just an emotional commitment, it it goes deeper. And that it really becomes a, a commitment of character where that yes i own it and and the little that you give me i'm going to do well there's there's a there's a management philosophy uh that was given by my main mentor in my life and that is whatever you mismanage you lose whatever you manage well you get more of whether it's a um you know, money or a business growth or relationship or whatever here. It's, you know, it's just really, it's all on your, you know, how, how in, in, enthusiastically are you pursuing that task at hand?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. So, um, what are some of the, I think you, you might, I think you touched on this a little bit, but what are some of the, Tangible, measurable results that you've achieved for your clients recently.
1: Okay, well, uh, uh, there's—I mean, there's so many here. I I just talked—I just talked to you know. I I have a uh, a session with just our our top clients that are performing just way above, and I just meet with them once a month. We have a number of group coaching meetings, but I just meet with them, and there's about twelve or thirteen of them, and one of them piped in on the zoom call from, uh, Costa Rica. Okay. So when I met him about two years and five months ago, cause he's been with us for two years and four months, he and his partner were working about 80 to 90 hours a week. They were cranking. I was a plumbing company based in Denver and they were, uh, they were cranking out about $90,000 a month, but they didn't have any really profits to show up. They are just working hard the money coming in and coming out. And after two and a half years of working with them on their marketing, their sales, their hiring process, building their team, training their team, holding them accountable, uh, productivity uh, measurements, moving all their staff to uh, primarily incentive pay, What's happened here, Donald, is they've grown from $90,000 a month to just this last month in January, they just topped $600,000 in gross revenues. Their net profits are between 25 and 30%, which is just amazing. And they just told me they've just been stocking money away and they they've never had more than a hundred thousand, they've never even had more than fifty thousand dollars in the bank at any one time. And they had $1.4 million stashed away in the bank, and they're down to working about 40 hours a week. And this guy is in Costa Rica for two weeks, you know, they're it's always busy for them, but uh and then as soon as he comes back his partner's going to go out for a couple weeks you know but their their business is really starting to work for them so
0: yeah that, that's amazing for plumbers as well i mean you think yeah i mean how can you do that as plumbers it seems like all the work they do is tied to what they do right so obviously they they had to have built a great team as well and up their marketing game i think
1: yeah yeah <clears throat> we, we we help you know we're a uh we're a do it with, but we're really a do it for coaching company where we have a whole team that actually does a lot of the work for you because you're busy, you know, growing your insurance business or growing your plumbing business or growing your home building business, whatever, whatever it is, you know, and so we just, we've added that component. That's really been a, a needle mover in our clients' lives. And so, but just increasing their marketing uh, that particular company was spending $30,000 a month in advertising um, in Google ads and uh, Angie's List and Home Advisor and different things that contractors use. And within four months, we were able to reduce their ad budget from 30000 down to 13000 and he even says it. he said wow. that puts $17,000 a month into their pocket of just extra profits. And uh, so that's, that's just a lot of fun because there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people are very ineffective in the way that they, they market, they're struggling for leads and where mm. they've got more leads than they know what to do with or they're, they're, they just uh, employed their 17th truck. They now have plans here in 2025 to get to 20 or 2022. They they want to get to 25 active trucks, in the market in the Denver marketplace. So, it's just amazing what they do.
0: So yeah, I mean, it sounds like yeah, you've helped some people really grow. So, what are some of the things that successful entrepreneurs do, that struggling entrepreneurs ignore? What what is it mostly mindset or is it action items Um, or
1: it's a little bit of mindset uh you know there's um there's uh one thing that a lot of people donald don't do that that i i like to do religiously and train my clients to do it and that is power planning so power planning for me is the beginning of the day um where i i have two documents I have my calendar and I have my to-do list and they're they're both you know Excel and or Google Sheets is what I use and then my Google calendar and then I go through I have a, a whole pattern I follow through where I go through all my emails, text messages, I just go through them all and I go through seven questions on each of the aspects of my business that helps me think thoroughly through all the issues in my business in those things that really a high priority, I time block them into my calendar or I put them on my, my master to-do list. And I really focus on what I wanna work on that day. And so I revisit that every day. Well, a lot of our clients will say, well, I don't have time to do that, but I've got a contractor in Dallas who was uh, remodeling apartments and they were like three months behind. And I got them into this power planning process. Uh, His name is Nick, Nicholas. And uh, Nick was slow at adopting it. But once he had the power planning personally done, then I taught him about how to have these accountability meetings on a weekly basis with the staff and go into either green or red. And so as soon as he started doing that, people would show up with red marks and boy, it only took about one or two weeks. And they said, I'm not having any more red marks show up in front of the team. You know, I'm not going to do my job. I'm going to get in the green. And then he completely turned his business around where uh, on the one project, he was three months behind on the number of units he was doing. uh, He actually finished that, that job two months ahead of schedule. And uh, this was from uh, last like spring until just recently here that he got done. He should have got done in April. He anticipated getting done the following July, but he ended up getting, he just got done here in the the first part of February. So it's just been amazing.
0: Right. And on on that point of accountability, um, how serious does a business owner need to be about holding employees accountable and sticking to that, to, See results because I mean we all talk about accountability, but if you don't follow through with that, I think I mean it's garbage. It's a it's it's just
1: it it actually creates more skepticism and citizen cynicism if you don't follow through with it. So accountability means that you have to care enough about your employees. and understand how things in nature change. Very few things change in a state of comfort. And so what a leader does, and they don't have to be mean about it, but they have to be comfortable creating discomfort in the lives of their employees. And you're not, you're not making it miserable for them, but you lean into, you don't lean away and ignore, you lean into, and you say, What can I expect out of you? And uh, there's this whole uh, study that was done, and um, I think a couple of researchers there from the University of Pennsylvania. I think there's a, a in, the, in the University of Georgia's well, And it's called the Broken Windows Theory, and they found that when, um, like, in the government um, government housing, like when a window was broken. And nothing was done about it. It actually increased crime in that area It actually, you know, it actually increased the the uh, the damage that was done and criminality and that kind of stuff. However, they found in this study that when a window is broken and it was immediately addressed that day or the day following immediately fixed. It actually raised a moral suasion of that whole community, and they began policing themselves to run out all the 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 vagrant behavior. And so so goes in with with running our businesses is when we ignore things that have gone astray. You don't have to blow up. You just have to address it when it's small, and don't be afraid of being popular or not popular. Mm-hmm. You have to love your wallet and your bank account more than you love getting accepted by an by an unproductive employee. I mean, come on! And, yeah. and especially if that employee has the same last name as you, <laughs> you have problems with his relatives. You have to you have to be obsessed with wanting to see improvement where people move up or they move out otherwise they're destroying your company and they're destroying your future. you're not against people, you're just for them doing a great job for you and you want to lean into it. So it's it's time to grow a backbone and really, you know, address the thing you've been putting off for weeks or months because your business is like depends on it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm glad you pointed that out. I think that's one of the things many entrepreneurs struggle with, including myself in the past. Where you, you know, there's a problem, but you want to. How, how do I balance being a good leader? Do I do I need to be a nice guy? Does that mean I can't, you know, call them on the carpet yeah. for things that they should be doing? I think that's one of the biggest things they struggle with. But yeah, like you said, you need to be willing able to to lean into that and and pull, call them on that.
1: Yeah, and and your intention is not to. <clears throat> feed your ego your intention is to make a better person we need the best version of you to come out in this company and if you're not able to have that best version come out and play then you need to find another sandbox you know and you have to be willing to do that that's why we we actually with all of our clients we actually we create a hiring system where they're never held ha- uh, never held uh, sabotage by their, by any employees. And, well, I'm just going to quit. Well, okay. You know, but so, you know, it's not a magical pill that is the solution for everything, but that's, that's, these things really happen. And when we work with clients that have been very risky, I mean, they're, they're just conflict avoidance and they're risk adverse and they, they don't want to create any waves, but if they can just learn to speak up and say, Hey, where's the best version of yourself in this? Can I expect this level of behavior instead of this. I need this production. And it's really important in this to really catch people red handed doing the right thing. And publicly, don't just tell them you did a good job, but you say, Hey, that one client was giving you a hassle and you could have easily have just shut him down or blew up at him, but you held your cool. You brought it all the way through. You resolved the situation. Let's give, just give Harvey a hand on that, you know, so be real specific in the praise that you you're noticing them do the right things, not just notice them do the bad things or, or inefficient things.
0: Yeah, that's why I mean, I'm a huge believer in mentors, coaching and coaching programs, because I think. I mean, you look at professional sports players, basketball teams, they all have coaches, right, to help them with their performance. And I think exactly a lot of people kind of they're skeptical of coaching. But I think I mean, I think it's mandatory, especially if you have a company that you want to grow and you want to grow as well. I mean, I'm I'm spending
1: <clears throat> easily. Thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year in coaching. I'm a coaching company, but I'm always looking for feedback to help our team get better, help me get better. So, oh yeah, yeah, I I, I take my own medicine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's an investment in yourself, right? So I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. I, no always a, I always get a huge return on it. I mean, most of our clients will will give them a five to seven hundred percent return on their investment. Uh, so it always pays for itself but the real prize I have found donald is uh, for the business owners who he or she becomes in the process of leaning into incorporating all these systems and and getting their business going it's really who they become is the real prize and mm-hmm. it's, it's they, they they like who they are they like who they
0: become in the process it's, it's it's a it's a fun fun thing that I'm doing so yeah sounds like it so tim can you tell us about the the book you wrote for business owners called on um, power to create
1: yeah yeah it's a, it's a it's a great book it's really uh it's a book i wrote for business owners and pastors um it's got a biblical framework around it and it really defines <laughs> money and wealth and our relationship with money and wealth, some good, some bad, Uh, what God had in mind when he gave us the power to create wealth and how to create wealth in very practical ways. Um, And I outline that it's really a lot of my coaching methodologies that are in that And um, so I I wrote a book on it. I got a like a a DVD, like a a curriculum, you know, a series of videos and a workbook and all that stuff where people can go through it. But it really, uh, really is designed to help uh, leaders become more productive in in running their organizations. And that's why I wrote it.
0: So, Okay, And is that book on Amazon? It's on Amazon.
1: Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's a power to create by yours truly Tim Redman. I had a good friend of mine that uh, passed away way too soon, but a uh, good friend by uh, the name of Miles Monroe that, uh, wrote the forward to it. And, um, and I'm, uh, I just had a, you know, my wife is a real estate agent and just had a couple move in from Australia to the Tulsa area and we were having dinner with them. And, uh, So I gave him a copy of the book. He's going through that. He's like, Oh my gosh, this is just, so he thanked me a bunch and we're going to get together and talk it through. And it's, it's a lot, he's an entrepreneur
0: as well. So he's, he's eating it up. So. All right. Excellent. All right, Tim. And last question before I put you through the lightning round. Um, So talking about um, teams that work, what, what do you think is the missing ingredient that mediocre teams lack that High performance teams
1: embrace. Uh, well, I tell you, this is uh, you know I do a whole I do a whole seminar on this, so I'm just going to give you a in a nutshell uh, what what successful teams have and embrace is this thing that's largely lacking from ineffective teams. And that's called respect. But it's not just respect; the way we may almost dismiss it as so what respect is valuing the differences in other people and not just tolerating them. It's celebrating the differences instead of being shut off or shut down by those differences. And uh, so there's a there's different methodologies of really incorporating and respecting your work environment. It begins with the, the top guy. I mean, you own this business here, Donald, so you're the top guy. Um, you know, uh, we look at respect as not as something that you have to earn, but it's something as a as a leader from the place of abundance, and it's something he or she gives to somebody even before they before they deserve it, because respect reciprocates. When you give respect, it tends to give people the air and the energy to be able to give respect back. And uh, what you plant is what you, you know. What you sow is what you what you reap. And so that's kind of the whole meaning of that. There's a there's a whole bunch of uh, discussion on that to be had, and maybe at another another uh, time we can get together if you if you so will. But yeah, that's a it's a huge huge discussion. But that's that's the missing key is respect
0: defined in that way. Okay, excellent, excellent. All right, now, so let's get you through the infamous lightning round and see what's um, <laughs> behind the curtain there. Infamous, you call it. <laughs> okay. Oh, I read right, so, those questions this morning, but I, I'll, I'm i ready for it. All right. All right, so, yeah, just a softball one. Um, what book or books have greatly influenced your life?
1: Uh, I'm reading a book right now. Anything that Dan uh, Sullivan writes from The Strategic Coach, I'm write, uh, reading a book right now that – I have recommended that uh, to over 100 people. It's called The Gap and the Gain. Uh, of course, Stephen Hab- Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People has been huge. Uh, the number one leadership book that I've ever read in my life has been a book written by the Arbinger Group called Leadership and Self-Deception. So that's mm-hmm. a kind of a three of them right there i got people all over the country call me to say hey we have an off-site what book should we go through and, and uh so i'm always always providing that so i'm a i'm a voracious reader
0: love it so okay yeah i am as well i'll check that um leadership and self-deception out as well exactly. i try to do three books a month so wow yeah amazing all right so how has a failure or perceived failure actually allowed you greater success later?
1: Uh, yeah, when I began to coach, um, it seemed like everything that I was doing went south. Um, my wife even begged me to say, Tim, why don't you get a CEO job somewhere? Why don't you, you know, let's get, Let's get, you know, I mean... Let's get better pay, you know, because I did ministry work for so long and that was up and down. It was pretty tough. And uh, it looked like the coaching business was going to be an absolute failure because of losing clients or not closing deals and just a huge cash flow shortage. But um, people's nose and their rejection and my lack of effective coaching to really connect with their heart. Um, that was fuel to me. It wasn't a stop sign. It was more of a boot in the butt to keep going. And, uh, through that, as I, as I persevered through that, I, I learned so much through the failure, um, that those become some of my biggest lessons like persistence, you know, building the business on a 99, Point seven five percent rejection rate. That's proof of that. That's how we got our first hundred clients.
0: So yeah, that's definitely proof of concept there. All right. So if you could have a billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? Uh I love you, Sandy. That's my wife. I love you. Ah big brownie points for that.
1: I'd I'd want, I'd want her to see it. I want the whole world to see it. I'm committed to you, baby. And, um, I, I just, I don't mind the whole world seeing it me spending a few dollars doing it. Uh, Very cool. How how long
0: have you guys been married now?
1: 32, almost 33 years, my friend. Yeah. it's a long time. Yeah. 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 It's, it's been good. Got four, four kids. Thanks to my wife. They're all above average
0: and uh <laughs> all doing well so excellent excellent all right very cool all right so um Tim what is your favorite place to um think big do you have anywhere you'd like to go to really I contemplate? I love the mountains uh Breckenridge just in Colorado I love
1: doing that and um I love uh I love the um in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, with those big rocks just coming out here. And uh, I've just walked around, spent a day on one of those, uh, just through the uh, the carrier that brought me over there. And just, I that's one of my favorite places, just to think and to look. And the ocean's right there, and I'm way up big. And just, I don't know, just, it looks like it's, uh, this mountain is just, just defying gravity so
0: yeah that's a beautiful place it certainly is all right so Tim what have you become better at saying no to uh I think uh, good opportunities <clears throat> that are really
1: distractions um I like what a good friend of mine said uh Steve Jobs he passed away uh I've never really met Steve Jobs I just want to try to impress your uh podcast audience here but he said he said i'm i'm more proud of what we said no to than what we said yes to you know and for every yes it requires a thousand no's and so uh, i have a lot of opportunity right now we've got a thriving uh, coaching business we're ready to put that on a 10x uh, journey here to, to to dramatically have it grow At the same time, I'm looking at aggressively looking at partnering with business owners and actually outright buying businesses to incorporate my coaching methodologies in them. So we're in the process of doing that right now. And it's, it's requiring me to say no a whole lot more.
0: Mm. Yeah, I actually read somewhere else that job said that, and, um, Yeah, I think it's true. I think when you're running a business, there's so many opportunities coming across your desk, rather someone selling you some advertising or marketing. You get so much. So you definitely have to be laser focused and being able to recognize what what serves you and your business. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Okay, excellent. And um, all right, so the killer, what important truth do very few people agree with you on? Um
1: that wealth and abundance is attracted to people that manage well not necessarily that are deserving of it and I give a lot I look for a lot of needs that we help out a lot and um, very active in my church and um, but, you know, a lot of a lot of people, they they don't like these inequities and these different things that are going on. But when you look at somebody's management, have they managed well, the more you manage well, the more your stuff you're going to get, the worse you manage, the less you'll have and that's a stark reality it hurts i've been a living example on both sides of that in my life <laughs> i got embarrassing stories about that
0: but i'd say that would be it yeah and i, I would agree with that 100 percent as well so yeah very good all right very cool very good very good so tim um before we hop off, if um, anybody wants to get in touch with you, learn more about your program, um, collaborate, what's the best way of um, reaching out to you?
1: Well, I would, I would say uh, you can go out to my website. Um, uh, it's Redmond Growth. You can look up Tim Redmond, uh, Redmond Growth Consulting. Uh, or you can email me directly, tim at redmondgrowth.com. What I'd like to do for your folks donald that if they have a business and they would like they would like me to provide them a growth plan and the growth plan is you sit down with one of our consultants and we 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 just dissect your business strengths weaknesses we look at your three-year plan your three-year revenue goal and um we, we build a, a business model for you that's gonna really get you to that three-year goal. And then we give you at least eight, sometimes it's more than that, but at least eight concrete action steps that you should take and will take to get you to that three-year goal. And we, we guarantee if you have a legitimate business, we, we are telling people, and guarantee, we it, usually people generate a hundred thousand dollars of additional profits within the first 12 months of working with us on this. Um, but that's why we normally charge twenty five hundred dollars for the growth plan. What I will do is if they will mention Donald Thomas or this podcast, if they'll mention there's where you, here's where you heard of me. I will waive the entire $2,500 and we won't hold back and giving you a phenomenal uh, growth plan where you can see a better, even if you don't want to work with us, you know, we just, mm. we want to just uh, sew into your followers and if they got businesses, they want to see it grow. You know, what, what we've been doing is we've been taking a lot of businesses that have been generating four and five digit a month revenue, we get them into six digit revenue here fairly quickly and so mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: and it's it's a it's a do it for you and a do it with you coaching program, but I would love to give everybody that's got a legitimate business, love to give them a growth plan at no cost. All right, that's you
0: amazing. Know. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm yeah. sure the listeners
1: will so appreciate in the, that. And the, the, the Redmond growth, the Redmond growth here is is just redmond r-e-d-m-o-n-d growth g-r-o-w-t-h.com redmond growth and um and if i hear from you tim at redmondgrowth.com i would i'll i'll personally respond to you and get our consultants lined up to provide our growth plan to you so
0: all right excellent we'll run that across the bottom of the screen as well too for all the listeners to see it excellent all right Thank Tim. so much Thank you so much for joining us today. This has really been really been fun and interesting.
1: Yeah, I've, I've loved it. I love love your questions. They're tough, but and I really loved our interaction. I hope we can actually meet in person here pretty soon. Donald.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have to get out in Texas or I have to get up to um, Oklahoma soon. So, yeah, let's yeah. definitely do that. That's good. Yeah, real good. All right, Tim. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. You have a great day and talk to you more soon. Very good. Thank you. God bless you now. There you have it, guys, another episode of dealmaker diaries in the books. If you enjoy and are fine value in what we're doing, please do leave us a nice review. It goes a long way in keeping the show moving in the right direction. For you investors, if you're looking for places to put your hard-earned capital to work, head on over to our website, g1cgrp.com and sign up for our investor list to be informed of the different projects we're raising capital for that will provide you with the cash flow your investments so much deserves.